So we are continuing the book of Romans. We are in 6, 12 through 22. I'll get to the text in a minute. But the title of the message tonight is, is, is Who's in Charge Anyway? So it's funny because if you ask that question to a group of Christians, they're going to give you the typical Christian answer. And what, what, if I ask you who's in charge anyway, what are you guys going to say? See, there you go. I knew it. You know, if you want to be a children's ministry teacher and you ask all the little ones a question, the right answer is always what? Jesus, right? Seems simple enough. But, but I beg to differ. Who's in charge anyway? We are until we give up that will to Christ. So we continue to bang our heads into the wall. We continue to run with the cartel. We continue to sleep in the car, rob places. We continue to go to jail. We continue to get high. We continue to do all of those things until we decide one day I'm done. I am not going to do this anymore. I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired, and I am going to say enough is enough, and I'm going to let somebody else take charge of this mess of a thing I am trying to call my life, right? I mean, think about it, and I, I know you've all heard this before. Where you are tonight was the best you can do, because if you could have done better, you would have done better. We missed that corporate million-dollar job. We missed the, the fat house with a hot wife and the speedboat and the, you know, the new car. And we missed all that, the, the, the European vacations and the you know, mojitos on the beach or whatever your dream of a perfect life was. We missed it. We gave ourselves up to our addictions. It cost most of us a lot of years. We missed the boat. We missed the car. We missed the corporate job, but what I heard Claudia say when she's done is she has less now, but she has more. You know what I'm saying? I made w way more money as a firefighter paramedic than I make as a pastor. Believe you me, right? But I have more now than I had then, right? I can hold my head higher now than I could then. And when I tell people about other people that I call my family, right? So to me, that is worth way more than anything else you could ever hope or imagine. So two weeks ago, the last time I taught, we talked about being dead uh, to the power of sin. Sin can only have power if you let it, right? It can only have power if you allow it to have power. If you disconnect the power, it no longer has power. Last night I was kind of cold, and we had this electric fireplace. It's pretty sweet, you know. It's kind of one of the things that sold me. I wanted to move into this place. You just pick up the remote and just push it, and the poof, fire comes on. Coolest thing of an ex, as an ex-fireman, right? And uh, so last night it was like up, and no, it, it was like a bummer. It's not working. So I. You know, being a man, I'm too proud to just call the repairman. You know, I got to start taking it apart, taking the batteries out, blowing the dust off it. Look, I got the directions out, but I never quite got to the point of looking at them. But what I realized is the batteries were dead. So it no longer worked. 
So I asked Michelle for some batteries, and she looked around, and she found them, and we, I took the old ones out and put the new ones in. And now that it had power, it was able to function properly, and poof, it came on. Nice fire. We got to sit there and watch a little bit of Netflix, a movie that Susie recommended, and, and enjoy a nice fire, because we, I gave it the power that it needed. So when we, with temptation, he will pro- provide a way of escape. And it made so much sense, because I remember when I was at the camp going to detox. You know, I'm there to detox, but all of us in detox scraped our money together. We got enough money for a sack, you know. And so, you know, I have a Christian wife, and, you know, we're, the insurance company is spending all this money to send me to rehab to detox again. You know, so, you, you know, well, you know, if God didn't want me to do it, he's going to prevent me. You know, so I got to my truck, and it's got a flat. So God provided a way of escape, right? Oh, no. No, no. My dad gave me this thing he made a long time ago. He took a, a piece of tubing, and, and what you could do, you could screw it onto one tire and crimp it and screw it onto the other tire and uncrimp it and transfer the air out of the other tire so you have two kind of flat tires. But boy, that's enough to get me to, to the flats in Santa Cruz, right? So I did it, and I was so dope sick that I just wasn't even paying attention. Neither were none of us. I ended up with two flat tires. So there's a double no-no from God. And I'm trying to figure out how to get into the counseling office so I can call AAA. Right? So if we look at the scripture, it said that God provided a way of escape twice. Now I'm going to try to sneak into the counseling office and call AAA I couldn't, so, I mean, it was, it was just a bust. It was like a forget it. But we have to think about, there are many times where we have a plan and it gets spoiled or screwed up. Just stop and think, a, think for a minute. Maybe God is throwing that at you. Maybe he, that is the way of escape he is providing for you. So maybe don't just keep trying. You know, don't try to fix the flat. Don't try to call AAA. I mean, I was, I, I was there to detox, right? My family's at home waiting for me. My son was going to be baptized that Sunday. And I'm out trying to figure out how to escape and sneak out of rehab to go get a sack. I ended up leaving early anyway because I, I, I told myself I'm a really good dad. I'm a, I'm a great dad. I need to be home for my son's baptism, so I... I left detox after a few days and came home and obviously relapsed. Um, but looking back, God did provide a way of escape three times just for that one incident. So I think there are times when we have to actually think about is, are the stops being thrown up? And my will is so strong, I just want this thing so bad that I'm going to I'm going to ignore those things, those stop gaps that God is throwing up, and I'm going to do my own thing anyways. Anybody ever do that? Like, oh, I'm going to get it, right? That's kind of our personalities, or that's kind of our stubbornness, isn't it? I, no, I want it, right? Because I'm just going to do it this one time. I'm just going to sneak out of rehab, go get high, you know. But we do it. Sometimes we just need to say, okay, 
if this is what I'm going to do, this is what I'm going to do, and I'm going to do something different. And I say this all the time. It's about personal choice. Who is in charge anyway? You are. You have personal responsibility, and you have the personal ability to make a right choice or a different choice, right? You know, give it to God, and if he screws up your life, blame him, right? But I'm telling you, he's not going to mess up your life. We have already done that pretty well for ourselves, right? Last time I checked, there are no millionaires in here. I, you know, we don't have valet parking out here. You know, we don't have, you know, acupuncture and massage downstairs. You know, we don't. This is like, come to Christ, allow something different into your life, take personal responsibility for what you're doing, make better and right choices, make new friends, get people involved in your life that know you, that can help you, that care about who you are. Because your friends out there, every time in jail I ask people, how many of your friends come and visit you? How many, how many people are putting money on your books, money on your phone? How many are buying eye care packages, right? None of them. None of them. Your friends tell you they're going to go see you when you're in jail. They tell you they're going to put money on the phone, money on your books, but they don't do that. Because they aren't the people that really care about you. They're the people that just want to... Misery loves company, amen? They're the people that just want to get high with you and take advantage of you. So we are in Romans 6, 12 through 22. I'm going to read all of the text here. All right, let me find my place here. This is a really interesting text. So let me see. It starts off in verse... I keep losing my place. Sorry. Well, it says, Do not let sin control your life. Do not give into sinful desires. Do not let any part of your body become an instrument of evil to serve sin. Because if you think about it, when you serve sin, your body becomes that instrument. Because we are doing the things that we do to be able to get the money that we need. Whether we're lying, cheating, stealing, selling ourselves, taking advantage of other people, so that we could make our bodies feel better about who we are and where we are because we don't like where we are. So we need to mask that feeling with that way of escape so we don't have to feel so miserable about where we are. But if you really think about it, if you don't like where you're at, then go someplace different, right? When you go on vacation, you find a place that you want to be right? You, you take your time, your energy, and your money. Maybe you go online, maybe you get a travel agent, and you go someplace that you enjoy, right? Well, look at the amount of time and resources going to our addiction, and we go to someplace what? That we despise. Someplace that causes us misery, a place that causes us angst, a place that causes us discomfort. Well, why do we go there every time? We go there every time because it's a place that's familiar, because we know it, we have become comfortable with it, because it's easy to go back there, because we know what, we know what to expect. Nobody expected anything out of me when I was getting high. Nobody had any demands on my life. They 
had kind of all, I remember when they all got together and they did a, they, I think they watched one too many episodes of Intervention. Because they did Intervention. I just left. You know, see ya. And I just left. I, I went. Because I was comfortable with where I was at. I wasn't willing to go through the pain of change. And so I, I just didn't. I mean, thank God eventually I came to that place, that, that, that realization. I decided that I was tired of being in control. I was tired of failing. That's when I submitted myself to Christ. And Christ began to change my heart, which allowed me to let Christ in. And then, and then the change was able to happen. And that's available to any of us. It said, do not let anybody have an instrument, but instead give yourselves completely to God. For you were dead, but now you, but now you have new life. When you devote or when you submit to Christ, what Scripture is saying here in Romans is you now have a new life, a new beginning, a new chance, a new opportunity, a new, a new tomorrow, a new today. You have the ability to say, I'm going to do something different. Today is going to be better. Today is going to be good. Today starts my journey. But like many of us that start journeys of fitness or journeys of weight loss or I'm going to read more this year, I'm going to walk more this year, I'm going to be nicer this year, I'm going to donate more money to charity this year. Like so many of those things that we commit ourselves to doing, how often do we follow through? Right? Because, uh, you know what, no big deal. I really wanted to fit into that suit or whatever or that dress or that blouse. But, you know, if I don't, I got bigger ones, right? I could throw a hoodie on. Who cares, you know? But when we start talking about our life, it, then it matters. It matters way more than a, a tight-fitting blouse or a pair of pants that you can't buckle. Or, you know, I always say this every year, and I've said it for the bridge that's been going on for, we're going into our 18th year. I always say, I'm going to fit into my, my I'm going to be able to button my jacket this year. Right? I've been saying that for 17 years. Right? I have. I'm going to actually be able to button my suit coat without getting it altered, without going to the men's warehouse and buying a new one. Right? So this year was the first time I buttoned my coat because it fit. I was excited. But that's because I committed wholeheartedly to do that because I really... I mean, it wasn't something that was going to save my life. It, it wasn't something that really mattered. It's something I wanted to do. Much like I want this life. I want a sober life. I want a life free of drugs and alcohol. I want a life free of pain and, and anguish and hurt. I'm tired of seeing people in jail and people die and, and people being separated from their families and people in misery and, and people crying and people in anguish. I'm so tired of seeing that. But all I can do is to try to remind us and share what the scriptures say about who we are in ourselves, who we are in Christ. And really, if you look at the scriptures, it's a complete encouragement. It's a complete roadmap. And if you think about it, what are you giving up? I mean, what are you losing compared to what you're gaining, right? Another day or getting higher time with your kids. You know, 
going back to school and getting a high school diploma or getting an education or, or, or going back to jail. What's important in your life? And you have to decide that for yourself, and you have to get busy and do that. So, so, you're, so it's an instrument to do right for the glory of God. Sin is no longer your master. You no longer live under the requirements of the law. Instead, you live under the freedom of God's grace. You don't have to worry about getting a wake-up, right? You don't have to worry about, is your connection home? Is he going to answer the phone? Can you score? Is, you know... Am I going to be safe? Am I going to get arrested? You, you know, is somebody looking for me? You know, you know, is my line of credit too big at the dealer's house? Right? Is he going to cut me off? And when you don't have to worry about those things any longer, it is so much fun. It is so nice. So it says, well, then the grace of God has set us free from the law. It says, does that mean we go on sinning? Of course not. You don't realize that you have become a slave of whatever choice you obey, it says, do not be a slave to sin, which leads to death. You can choose to obey God, which leads to righteous living. Verse 17, it says, thank God once you were slaves to sin, but now you wholeheartedly obey this teaching and we have given that we have given you, and now you are free from your slavery to sin, and you have become a slave to righteous living. That's a good thing to be a slave to, of living right, of living good, of living clean, you know, taking care of your family, taking care of yourself, doing what's right, helping somebody else out. You know, there's no greater thing than sobriety when you then are able to talk to or help somebody that's going through a difficult time. Because when you see them succeed, you feel successful. Because when you see them succeed, you own part of that. You know, when I go into Target and I see Casey, you know, goofy Casey with his red vest, you know, walking around Target, part of that victory I feel, right? I do. When I go into Happy Girl Kitchen, I order a coffee, right? I went there last week and I sit down and I, I, I brought Michelle and Dan and I, I know Benny's working, so we go in there and order a coffee, but... No, Benny. I was worried. I was like so worried. I'm like, oh, man. It wouldn't be the first time a bridge guy told me he was working somewhere that he wasn't. So we'd been there probably about 30 minutes, and I was kind of getting, like, I had that sinking feeling. And I looked out the window, and there he'd come across the street with his coworkers. I thought, attaboy. Right? Attaboy. Now I can enjoy my coffee. Because we can take part in those victories. We can. Because if you pour into somebody's life and they are victorious in Christ, that victory shines over onto you. And you feel it. And it feels good. It's like when you wake up on Christmas morning and your kids are opening their presents you feel good because you were able to give something to your kids. Amen? And to me, the gift of sobriety, the gift of salvation is an unbeatable gift. You know, it's not that I'm giving it, but I get to watch people receive it. And for me, that delivers a great amount of joy. 
verse 19. Because of the weakness of your human nature, I am using the illustration of slavery to help you understand all of this. Previously, you let yourselves be slaves to impurity, to lawlessness, whichever led deeper into sin. But now you give yourself to be slaves of righteousness, and you were living, you will become holy. It says, when you were slaves to sin, you were free from the obligation to do right and to do what was right. And right, what, excuse me, your obligation to do right and what was the result? You were, you were now ashamed of the things that you used to do and the things in eternal doom, but now you are free from the power of sin and have become slaves of God. For now, those things that lead to holiness result in eternal life, and the wages of sin is death, but God's free gift is eternal life. And that's the bottom line. So I go back to what I started with. Who's in charge anyway? I'm going to tell you, you're in charge. You have the ability to make the choice to invite Christ in, or you have the ability to keep him out. You have the ability to say, no, I got this. I got this. I'm in charge, right? And those of us that do that, we do that because we want the credit, right? I'm finally doing good, so I want people to know that I'm doing good. Why am I going to let this other guy take all the credit? I took all the blame when I was bad. Now I want all the attaboys when I'm doing good. I mean, doesn't that make sense? I made everybody so mad, now I want to be able to make everybody happy. Well, you didn't do so good on your own. And I will tell you, and I've seen it for so many years, that when you submit your will and your authority to Christ, and he begins to change your life, and you begin to bear fruit in your life, everything about your life is different. Everything about it. The way you talk, the way you act, the way you have joy, what you're able to do, the friends in your life, the people that are around you, your family coming back into your life. Those are awesome and wonderful things. But you can also go back to where you were instantly, right? How long does it take to earn money and put it in the bank? It takes a while, doesn't it? Right? Build up your 401k or whatever, right? It takes a while. But how quickly can you spend it? Like that. It's gone. Right? So that, that thing that you're banking up, you need to hold it as precious. That relationship with Christ, you need to count it as precious. And not waste the opportunity, not waste the time. And not waste another minute of your life. Amen? So it's about, it's about the power of what God has done in your life. And like we heard a testimony tonight, it's the power of your testimony. It's about what God has done in your life that nobody can take away from you. That's what you can use to explain the change in your life. What's, what's different about you this time? You know, did you get a haircut? Did you shave the beard? Something is different, right? Something's different about you. Well, what's different about you is what's inside, not what's outside. What's different about you is maybe you're happier. Maybe you're nicer. Maybe you're just like more joy-filled. Maybe you're smiling, Maybe you've become generous, you know? So what is different about you? It's, it's, Christ, it's the joy of Christ in your life. It's that, that trust coming back. It's that fruit being bore out in your life. It's that, you know, I love, we have, we have six of the residents that, go, that are in school right now at the adult school. 
And I don't know who's prouder of their scores, them or Greg, who takes them, you know? You know, it's the fight. Who gets to tell me they got an A? Is Greg going to tell me that Claudia got an A before she tells me? I just sit back and I just smile. I just care that she got an A. I don't even, well, honestly, I don't even care that she got an A. I'm just glad she's in school, right? And I'm so glad she's getting A's and B's and, and Alicia and Richie and Louie and Joey and all these guys that are in school because they want something better for their life, you know? They want to do something different. And it takes commitment, it takes work, and it takes allowing the Lord into your life. Amen? So I'm going to invite Bob to come back up. So Lord, we thank you for tonight. We thank you for who you are. We thank you, Lord, for the power of the testimony. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.